Today, we're back for another episode of the Automator series, and I'm with the magical Terry Allen. So firstly, welcome to the Automator series. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Gavin, and thank you for inviting me. I mean, obviously, we've, you've reached out and uh, we haven't really met before. Um, I just wanted to ask, though, while we're on here, how did you find me? Good old Google search and just popped up on the results. Mm. Did you put certain things in? Uh, yeah, it's just online spiritual coaches, online coaches. Yeah, mm, I, I'm like that because I'm all energy, so I like to know, you know, the alignment and what you were putting yeah, in and what you were getting. Energy. So that's why I asked that question. No, hundred percent. But um, on that note, as well, for everyone who doesn't know you, um, I'd love to kind of just turn it over to you to say hi to everyone and also just give a bit of introduction to who you are, what you're doing, what your passions and focuses are. So, yeah, so basically, um, I am a spiritual healer, but I'm also a mindfulness facilitator, a mindfulness teacher, meditation teacher, energy healer. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also an author of two children's books, My Magical Garden and My Magical Tree. Um, and I have a podcast called, uh, with my husband, called The Magic of Miracles, mm -hmm. and um which was uh, started this year, which is sharing people's magical moments or divine moments. Um, so yeah, and I also work with um, a lot of mental health, like with trauma, but from a whole holistic intuitive perspective. Mm. So I combine all my tools that I've learned along the way over the years and, and sort of made my own tailor-made sessions for children, teenagers, adults. Um, yeah, so but by helping them to be able to cleanse and move forward with ease, uh, a lot of people can't move forward because what's trapped with inside of their spiritual home, let's say your garden, if you've got weeds in there and the traumas in there, it's, it's very difficult for you to move forward easily unless they're addressed and they'll just keep coming up. So I do work on that level as well. Yeah, as opposed to kind of when we just like push stuff down, push stuff down and then it builds, builds, builds. And then we have like those potential kind of like, uh, like eruptions of like emotion. And we like, where's this coming from? But it's just all that stuff we've been pushing down over and over and never really dealt with. I agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, things come up for people at all ages and some of us are aware of it. Some of us aren't, but I think at some point, you know, when it keeps coming up that there is, a um an underlining issue going on you know you can like you said you can keep sweeping it or building on it as much as you like but mm. it, it will eventually unless it's cleared um you know will keep surfacing its head let's just say yeah. um and so that's why it's good to get children when they're young you know whatever emotional issues that we go through mm. uh to address them and clear them quickly and to give them tools emotional tools mindfulness tools in order for them to you know navigate through life mm. for when anything occurs which the mainstream school system doesn't teach yeah no thinking about my like my childhood and my schooling years it would have been like mind-blowing if they offered kind of almost like mindfulness training in some fashion or if it was just a focus in my family or like gratitude journey or any of that like it's exactly. weird to think how potentially different things would have been with my mindsets if you had been doing that 
from like a young age and just um that was just like part of your habits well that's what i was doing um in dubai and in the usa mm. was going around with my mindfulness children's books yeah uh, the emotional well-being books for children so i'll be in all the schools with all the children um and doing the teachers and the parents and then obviously when the pandemic hit it's um you know you've they obviously sent down a different avenue and so me and my husband are guided we were guided which is now almost uh, complete is to open an Angels of Light Children's Foundation. So taking all my programs and new programs I've put together mm. and giving it into areas that are needed, whereas there's less control. Yeah. You know, when you go into a, a, a system, as you know, any system, there's so many protocols that you have to follow that it's sometimes it just doesn't fully get the base of what you're trying to teach in there. Mm. Um, it's more focused on let's rush to the next class let's get these grades let's do this let's do that and I think it's missing the core foundation of children mm. and to give them that foundation in life in order for them to be able to you know whatever's going on in our world to be able to self-navigate and when they are educated in a box they can't then they freak because they're in that box. They've been used to scheduled boxes. And so to teach a child, you know, like you just said, when you were young, why are you here? Mm. Your emotions, your feelings, you know, what is it you want? What's coming out? Sharing how you're feeling, doing meditation, mindfulness, you know, compassion for one another, caring, kindness, sharing the mother earth. Mm. You know, all these simple things were removed from a curriculum or probably not even in many schools there and so you know the child then is losing a lot of fundamental tools in life you know the the phone isn't the answer to everything you know so they are yeah you mentioned um well i mean the whole schooling thing it's like i don't know if it's just the people i'm around these days or it's kind of the times or just kind of what you get shown on youtube and everything but it seems like it's really become a lot more in the forefront of like traditional schooling and the way we, most of us were schooled, just like there must be better ways. Like there's a, I know back in South Africa, there's a few alternative schools where there's no, I think there is curriculum, but it's kind of like you almost do what you want. I think that's also a thing in Sweden. It's just like, what do you want to focus on today? Like, what's your passion? What interests yeah. you? Yeah, I think they're enrichment schools. Yeah, you know, and there was some Waldorf schools. That's it. Waldorf, uh, but yeah. even they've gone a bit um, interesting, let's say. Mm. Yeah. So at the, I think more people are opening smaller, little holistic or enrichment schools from their home. Yeah. Or from a small place, or and and I think that's personally the way to go. Um, not a big building with five or six, seven, eight hundred children. It's just a number. Um, yeah, it just kind of like came to me now because I was going to say, like, it must be quite scary as a parent to, well, just to raise a child and make sure that they have these good mindsets and they're kind of getting the, the things they need. But then I was also thinking, like, back in the like days when we lived in tribes and just kind of like smaller circles, like i don't know if there was like schooling you kind of were just around people you were just having experiences and trying things and learning things and 
Zalka wasn't like structured like it is now. I think, yeah, I think they were passing on the education that they'd learned and everyday life skills, yeah, which are not also taught, you know, in, I'm not saying all the schools. I mean, you, you did have a really good school in Bali. It's called the Green School. I think you've got a few actually. Mm, I've heard about it. I used to have a very good name. Um, and that had a lot of the fundamentals of yoga and cooking for each other and the, the land and where the fruit and vegetables are from and, mm. you know, the whole foundation really of um, appreciation and yeah so I think if, if I don't know how that's still going now but it was the green school in Bali I'm sure it's still really busy I think there was a couple of others as well mm. yeah, it's a shame that's you know they're not in mass yeah well but hopefully more are popping be, up now yeah it know? seems to be like a growing kind of focus and movement though definitely I think so it's the same here like my son's not in school I took him out he's in an enrichment program and if I need anything to having teal taught, I just get a teacher to do that. And then I bring in the rest ourselves. And actually he's flourished, you know. Mm. I actually hadn't heard that term enrichment program before. I'm gonna I'm actually curious to see if there are programs in back in South Africa for that type of thing. Like I wonder if it's kind of growing. Yeah, it's you know, this is here and it's called enrichment program. So a lot of people are doing their own thing. So they're not actually falling under a system. They can actually do their own thing. Mm. um and and so that's so it means that the government can't get involved oh, they call them enrichment schools yeah enrichment programs yeah so they fall out but that's for america i'm not too sure about overseas you know yeah other places but maybe it's the same thing yeah yeah i'm definitely keen to check it out so i mean already we've we've touched on quite a few things like you were in dubai um you're working with kids the focus was mainly with kids in Dubai but then you also, we also spoke about Singapore and Hong Kong like well in Hong Kong and Singapore I was actually in the fashion and beauty industry I had a consulting company for the years that I was there so I did do wellness and mindfulness and well-being but also beauty so I combined the two together and then when I got to Dubai halfway along you know um being there I, I switched um after six or seven, eight years, I switched uh, to doing my energy healing work mm. and studying crystals and energy and chakras and everything and cleansing myself, mind, body and spirit, working on myself. And then obviously people were bringing me their children and then obviously studied um, in the UK, but online from Dubai, um, holistic educational therapy for children. Mm. And then with the, my co-author, we, uh, we wrote the children's books, My Magic Garden, My Magical Tree. Um, the basis around them is the fact that the garden is a, a we are a connection of mother earth as we were just discussing earlier with Bali the Balinese people right back in the day we're very maybe still are we're very connected to mother earth with their offerings on the floor you know everything they were using was from the flowers from the plants you know going for a massage the herbal teas I mean it's really that's where we're all from Mm. and that was the whole point of doing the children's books was my magical garden was planting that seed in the child's mind to connect them back with nature on all levels because they're mindfulness books and then my magical tree was an extension of us we are the tree of life mm. which connects us to everything because trees connect to everything um and without them we don't exist so that was the whole point of doing the children's books was to enable children to have that connection from a very young age with mother earth with nature and to not be um 
disconnected from her because that's when the issue, well, as we can see on this planet, has come in. Yeah. Now, how did that, uh, how did the children's books come about? Was that you saw kind of a missing gap? Um, you saw that kind of it was missing or did it just... Well, what happened was, no, I was doing a course in the UK and so was um, the co-author of the books. We were doing the same course. And so I am an art therapist and imagery, a lot of imagery and, and art therapy I do. And so, you know, by the drawings the children make, you can tell where they are emotionally within themselves. It gives a lot of information. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of flashcards, uh, lots of different drawings. Wardorf actually used a lot of drawings as well to see where the child is emotionally. So it's been around a long time. And so it just come about to do a book where the child chooses in their mind as they're going on each page, what tree, what flower, what animal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and then you look it up in the back of the book, there's an appendix that tells you where the child is emotionally within themselves. And then the teacher, parent, carer can implement that wellness, that well-being. Because, you know, children are angry or upset or maybe they're in balance. Maybe there's too much technology. Maybe they need to be outside in nature. Maybe, you know, and the teacher and the parents don't analyse that all the time that, you know, they've got too many kids in the classroom or the parent or the carer is not too sure. So by using the books, you can it tells you where the child is emotionally and what you bring in and able to bring that balance in. We've made everything so complicated that mm. you know we have to listen to ourselves when we're off. Why are we off? What do I need? Do I need to walk more in nature. Do I need more, you know, technology? There's time on there. You know, do I need to meditate? Do I need to do yoga? Do I need to do some sports? Do you know? So it just tells you holistic things to do: breath work, or art, more creativity you're lacking, or so they were using it as a tool. So that's how it came about, really. Okay, amazing. And I mean, I guess for you as well, like you said, you've been thinking that you pulled your kids into uh, private, well, different programs for yourself, rather. I guess it's also kind of all bubbling and kind of pulling in from different directions, like, oh, this would be beneficial and your mind's kind of in that place. Yeah, I mean, to for me to have my son out of the education system was just the way it was for us. I know it doesn't work for everybody. Not everyone wants to be, and I understand that. Mm. But at least, you know, give some... And, and mindfulness in schools is trying to take off, Um and in Dubai, they were doing quite a lot of it because they're all independently owned. Mm. Um, so it wasn't, you know, under one government or under one like UCLA or something else. You know, they had more freedom to do more things. So it just depends. I know more teachers are studying mindfulness and you've got the Goldie Horn Foundation that, um, you know, has mind up which has been working for years, but has mm. been more successful. I think, I think I'm not too sure outside of America, but he's taking off now and um, Europe embraced it. And I know in the Middle East and other countries, it's getting better now, but um, it's when you've got to go through a whole system, sometimes it can be a bit, you know, the matrix, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I think um, what might've jumped out to a bunch of people and jumped out to me, as you said, you were actually focused on the fashion world when you were in Hong Kong, Singapore. And then it was about six years ago, you said you um, started to go in the direction of... No, when I was in Dubai, so in Hong Kong, Singapore, I was, you know, used to do grooming in the hotels, wellness grooming, beauty, everything. So there was always a wellness underneath to it. Okay. Um, so I was a very big advocate on that. And then when I got to Dubai, I still was doing that. And then after six years of living in Dubai, 
I started to then go fully holistic in the way that I worked here, you know, in healings, groups, meditations, workshops, life coaching. I did life coaching as studying in Dubai as well and um, counseling. And so I have many different um, educational backgrounds, but I just put them all together mm-hmm. and then use them, you know, make tailor make them for each person that comes, each child or each teenager, or each adult just for them to have some clarity to help release whatever's stuck to give them more clarity of where they are or what parents need to implement and it just helps everyone be a lot clearer but at the same time you're cleansing and you're clearing and you've taken them back to their center i think when we go off our soul calling and we go off our center Mm. is when we have the issue yeah but what's something well, what sounds really, really interesting is that you've had such a, a range of different experiences and you said you brought them in kind of influences in from different places. And I imagine that makes the the way you work with people and how you think about things very, very unique. Because like I know even with the work I do, like obviously it's all kind of in the realm of technology, but based on the different things I've worked on, different companies, like the way I think about problems is very different as opposed to who's just had one focus type of thing so imagine it's the same for you right um what do you mean exactly having had all those different experiences and for me living abroad in different cult countries and different cultures and different people i've Mm. loved it's been the best education ever Mm. i think if any parent could have backpacked their child around the world as an education is the best ever you know living in hong kong you know, Chinese friends getting to do Chinese New Year, mm. you know, eat with them the food, the culture, the Chinese medicine, which has been my life, you know, since living there. That's all I ever take now is herbs, Chinese herbs, mm. or, you know, my lifestyle changed completely there from a from a that type of perspective, like my wellness, my well-being, mm. my my whole body was getting a lot of healing through. I love the philosophy of how the Chinese work through ideology and mm-hmm. and just the, the, how the body, the chi in the body. And so I got a lot of education um, and in Singapore, the same thing. And then uh, moving to Dubai, I mean, Singapore was great because you have a different bunch of cultures. You have Malay, Indian and Chinese, and then you have the expats. So again, you've got all different religions that were, you know, you've got Diwali, you've got, you know, every different um, religion that was there. So we all used to celebrate each other. It was really a community, mm. which I loved. And then coming to Dubai, which is a Muslim community, um, was at first a little bit harsh, like I wasn't quite understanding. Um, and it was a, how do I approach this? So the way to do it, which I say to anybody is to embrace it. So the local ladies became my friends. I went to their weddings, you know, went to their Eid breaks, was in their home, breaking their fast, understanding their food, the culture, mm. everything. So again, I never felt separate. Again, I was welcomed in. So everywhere yeah. I've lived, I've been very blessed to, as if it's my home, as if I was welcomed in. And But it depended on my mind the way I was because when I first got there I was like oh so I didn't transition very well the first year it was a bit of a shock with the culture and I had to educate myself and just go with it and and sort of embrace it and 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 learn and educate myself not to um, resist 
mm. you know. Yeah. But, you know, each country has given me a lot of foundation, a lot of education, a lot of understanding, travelled around. So then I have a, a, you know, I can speak to anybody, really. There's no, you know, I've so many different people, different cultures, different everything. And now I'm in the United States and we have a quite big com a Jewish community. And again, you know, breaking their fast with them and learning and listening and sharing. And I think that's the fundamental thing. Of we're all the same thing. We're all coming from the same place. It doesn't matter where you go, what religion, we mm. all want the same thing. We want to be loved, you know, cared for, you know, keeping our family safe. It's the same thing. And what connects us really to one another is love and compassion for each other. Mm. One thing you said that was really interesting is when you first arrived, you were kind of taken back a little bit. But then what I've also found is when I've been in new places and I kind of get taken back a little bit, as long as the new place I'm in, they don't like push their mindsets or whatever on me. And they're kind of just like, hey, this is just what we do. And then you kind of like slowly start to warm up to it as you're around it more and it's not getting pushed on you. You're like, Oh, it's kind of you start seeing it and you kind of start getting pulled into it a little bit just like I think, slowly I think yeah I mean for me it was a lack of education of not understanding the Muslim religion and, and the way women dressed and the black abaya and the whole thing and I was like well, what's going on here mm. you know so for me I just wasn't I didn't understand I had to sort of like understand and listen and and just take an interest mm. you know, I am living in another country um you know what I had done in Hong Kong and Singapore it just came in quite brash but Dubai never forced you to cover up or to do anything like that otherwise they wouldn't be thriving today I don't think yeah yeah I mean also for you that I imagine if that had happened like when it gets forced on you you obviously you're just gonna like close up more and you're gonna instantly push well, that's everybody which is yeah. going on with our world at the moment you know anyone that's forced to do anything against and that's the whole foundation of teaching clients or children or teenagers what's right for you to listen to your inner tuition to listen to mm -hmm. your guidance to follow that guidance what's right for you Gavin might not be right for me but it doesn't mean it's wrong you know but when it's being forced on anyone it's always a retract it will never work and um we're free spirits we're free souls or individual souls or individual free spirits don't try and put us all in one box. It's just never going to work, really. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, something I'm really curious about is you, after being in Dubai for a while, you decided to kind of go fully into your teachings and work with other people, focus on spirituality. Was there, like, what was the reason for that? Was it just uh, the time? Because I didn't go with the flow. I got sick. Yeah. And I've been very healthy in Asia. So when I got there, I wasn't flowing with the energy. I wasn't embracing. Now I look back, it was like, whoa, you know, I just didn't want to be there. I really did love Asia. So I didn't go with the flow. Um, when you don't go, and I remember a, a, an Indian guy in Singapore, I don't know how I ended up, he was in the street somewhere and he ended up reading my palm and he said, and this was before I knew I was moving. He said, you know, there's lots of, there's something new coming in. You must go with the flow, otherwise you're going mm. to be sick. And I just thought, what's he talking about? I never thought anything more, but actually in Dubai, I did, I got sick and I actually really rebelled being there and I didn't embrace it and, and go with the flow. And so in the end, 
something had to give in otherwise my health would have been shot to shit really you know it was just yeah. you know let go and and you're here for a purpose and actually looking back it was the longest time I've been there but actually the most magical experiences you know meeting my husband meeting my son um and my friends the foundation of my friends and and the whole spiritual growth and people I've met around the world with some of my closest friends um, so, um, you know, we have, I have a free meditation every Friday morning at nine o'clock, which I've done since the lockdown. And those people that I met in Dubai have been on every Friday to share their light and support one another and help one another during that time. And these are people that I met in Dubai. And the, so the, the, there's a, you know, back in those days in Dubai early on, there was a, a lot of solidarity, a lot of connection and deep friendship. I don't know about that now. I, I felt it was going off a little bit near the end, but mm. maybe the older ones moved on. I'm not too sure, but, you know, good foundation of friends, you know. And I, we always used to say in Dubai, we're all orphans here because our parents aren't living there. So we all have to help each other, you know. So it's a bit when you're an expat, I'm sure you you're, you know that. But uh, so, yeah, so it was, you know, if you're not going with the flow of life, if you're not well, if you're getting sick, you're going against something. You're not looking and listening to your body. Mm. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting that it wasn't like a conscious, well, it was kind of a conscious decision, but you just felt something wasn't in alignment and it sounds like you were like, something needs to change. And then you- Yeah, it was my head. Yeah. <laughs> it was my head. I was still on Singapore and Asia. I loved it. So I didn't want to be there. So, you know, and I think many people go through that when I've heard them say they left a house and they've gone somewhere else or they've left a country and gone, oh, you're you have to embrace where you're at and where you're going and go with it because mm. otherwise you're stuck. You're energetically stuck. And so then the stuck gets stuck with inside of the body. Yeah. And so, you know, when I let go and move forward, it was really abundant for me. I mean, I did the best things ever when I was in Dubai, actually. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, when you kind of made that decision, well, that change kind of, where did it go from there? So you started, did you reach out to people? Well, I was in the fashion and beauty industry, so I made friends. I started doing photo shoots because living in Asia, they were at that time very more advanced in mm. everything. Shops, restaurants, fashion, everything. Mm. Dubai hadn't quite come up then. I was still very small. Mm. I hadn't even built the Burj Al Arab or anything then. Um, and so I started doing my own photo shoots and selling them because I, I just, let's raise the bar a bit. Sorry to say that, it's an ego. But, and then I started working with a really good photographer, which was uh, TJ and his sister, Tina Patney. And we, we used to do big events and um, we used to sell the, the, the photo shoots to the magazines. And so I created my own thing you know, and um, and then worked and consulted for a big company called Paris Gallery, consulted for them for six years and did loads of stuff in Dubai, fashion shows, everything. But then I just got, I was doing a lot of healing work in between mm -hmm. and, and meditation and studying. And then I just transitioned from one to the other, really. Yeah. So uh, it was a natural progression. Yeah, I find it really interesting that you kind of were doing, not very different, they were different from each other, but kind of multiple focuses at the same time and then one was the main focus the other was kind of sounds like a bit on the side-ish and then the one on the side-ish became the main focus and like on and on 
But I think, you know, we're always here. That's why, you know, for me, I like change. I like to be growing spiritually. I like mm -hmm. to, why should we just do one thing? Who said it? Who said we're to do one job, one thing? I'd be bored to death. Yeah. You know, I, I've done so many different things, worked in the hotel industry, you know, then when I was, you know, when I worked in the hotel industry in, London, in England, in the Hyatt, that gave me a platform that when I did the grooming in the hotels, yeah. you know, in the Middle East and Far East, you know, I had an understanding from a hotel industry background, but brought the wellness and the, the, the grooming and everything into it. And I worked in all the five-star hotels. So, you know, there's always why you're meant to learn things. There were my teaching skills along the way. So, you know, you use and pull everything out like a filing cabinet. Um, but if you're stuck in the same thing all the time, there's no much room for spiritual growth, I don't think. Yeah, you become very like stagnant when you don't get new problems or things. For me, like I love that. to learn new things. I love to learn different cultures, new people. You know, for me, learning is everything. You know, it's, it's everything. You can learn all the time. Yeah. Something, I, you awake. I, something I think would be really beneficial for others is each time you kind of shifted your focus a bit, how did you go about finding people to work with in those slightly different focuses well the way i work has always been very spiritual so i don't work in systematic ways it's not how i work so for me i just align with what i want mm. so for me i would be aligned with my training when i came to the us and did you know angel therapy and and then did some in germany and then did you know lots of different training in brazil just lots of different uh, types of training in the energy field and a lot of work on myself spiritual work on myself and and basically for me it was like then when i want to do something i always call upon the universe so for me i always you know i connect to the divine whoever that is for everybody else whether it's god whether it's oneness whether it's mother earth and that's how I align with everything like when the pandemic hit and I wasn't in the schools or I wasn't we wasn't doing as much as we were doing, you know, because we were all a bit in shock. But, you know, from that whole pandemic, actually birthed us, me and my husband, in something new. And, and you know, but to pray and ask for guidance on what's being called of me. Mm. That's how I work. What is being called of me? What is my soul here to do? Where would you like me now? Mm. And then it just aligns me, like, with my clients in Dubai. If you're, you know, Dubai, you have to be good at what you're doing mm. because it's too small. And so I, I had lots of clients, you know, I was very abundant there, you know, uh, lots of workshops in hotels and energy work in hotels and grooming. So for me, I had a good name, you know, but, mm. but, but I worked at it, you know, I, I always worked at, I think what you give out is what you get back. And so I take my work very serious and I'm very disciplined and uh, very honest, always very honest. Um, which people really know me for that um, and 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 so you know but also being asked of every day what well, you know let me let my soul call in what am I here to do what am I here for and then you know at the beginning of the year that's how you know I define what can we do what can we do to bring more light onto this planet mm. and then you know the magic and miracles podcast coming where people are sharing the divine stories whatever light you can bring to the world it will come through you you will be called to do something um, and so that's how it was born, and you know, to spread some light, to spread that everybody can have a daily miracle. 
people seem to think that like a miracle like occurs once in your life mm. no it's every day you know every day yeah i was actually it's interesting you bring that up i was listening to the like one of the last days of 21 days of abundance it's like a meditation thing by deepak chopra and today was about the like luxuries in life and i always thought about luxury was obviously the big things but you were saying it's mm. like no luxury can just be you i don't know wear a cologne that you like or you take a bubble bath or you take a walk in like a field that you've always wanted to like those things are luxury because you're kind of mm. treating yourself and that kind of resonated with me what you said now that's the whole thing for me it's nature you know that when you look out into mother earth and especially where you are as well in bali and america mm. is so beautiful um i mean so beautiful they have everything in one place here mm. you know um and their nature is beautiful um and to me just looking at that nature and connecting with it and walking around those giant trees or the animals or whatever to me that is like you know that's your moment that is your moment these simple these simple things walking on the grass you know that we've disconnected ourselves from that it has to be an external thing it, it's 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 not it's it's friendship it's support it's love it's solidarity it's helping one another to me it's you know neighborly helping each other not putting each other down to me it's helping each other being there for one another but without trying to judge yeah that's a big thing is that that's one thing i've really picked up on in bali it's it's that there's so many different interests and people and backgrounds but the big mm -hmm. thing is like there's a much lower simmering of judgment so you feel kind of more comfortable to try things you wouldn't have tried before or be open to things you haven't tried before and kind of what we we're saying earlier like it doesn't feel like it gets pushed on you so it kind of lets you be more open to it yeah bali's very humble i found out every time i went mm. there was nothing pushed or forced um and the, you know so for me the offerings on the floor i remember once going there i think i trod on one and someone said oh, oh, oh what are you doing i thought oh and then someone explained to me i felt very ignorant but then it was really nice and it's a nice thing to do and we do that in our home i think it's a very nice thing that everyone mm. they're giving their offerings back to mother earth they're saying thank you that you know they're being grateful and and, and i think that's nice for children you know to learn in school to learn in the home the nature, the respect of Mother Earth, what she gives us every day mm. to nurture her, to respect her, to look after her, the water, the trees, the air, everything. And I think the last year and a half is what's really in our face. To do your bit, stop looking for someone else to do it for you. You know, uh, Mother Earth will always be here and will always survive outside of us. And uh, that's showing now, actually. You know, through the pandemic, she was shining, we weren't. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is every like we always say like, oh, no, we're worried about humanity and all that. Well, obviously, because we are humans, but it's like if we kind of all disappeared, animals would flourish. Nature would every, flourish. Yeah, 100%. was shown last year, 100%. You know, for us, I wish people would just focus on themselves, everybody on yourself and do the best that you can do every day yeah you know and try and give your best light your best energy mm. and 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 do your best because we you know yes we all judge and we've all judged and etc but i think that's programmed in from a very young age mm. 
Mm. You know, and, and that's where it comes in. And, it, you know, we are a judging society. Um, and for me, it's like, let's just just take a minute, yeah? Like, let's just, <laughs> just stop all the arguing and everything and just embrace one another because at the end of the day, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all the same energy. We're all one. And we have children on this planet mm. that need to connect back to Mother Earth because everything healing for us is in her garden. Mm. everything it's healing for us is in her garden yeah. everything i've been on herbs for like over 20 years my health is thank god you know yeah and no. that, i have to give thanks to that being in uh, asia you know learning that really yeah, really herbs. being this side really does kind of open you up to like a very different way of thinking and also like lifestyle I think that's also a beautiful note for us to, to wrap up on. Um, I think people are definitely going to want to hear kind of more because you've touched on so many different things today and also you got the children's books and then the work you're doing now. And then obviously how we're talking about the photography and it naturally developed into the coaching and work you're doing now. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about what you're doing or just touch base, like what's the best way for people to do that? Well, obviously you're going to put a link, but yeah, it's www.terry, T-E-R-R-I hyphen Allen, A-L-L-E-N.com. Yeah. And you can also find us on the podcast, Magic of Miracles. Mm. Um, so you can find us on all platforms there as well on YouTube. Yeah. And you're correct. We will definitely drop everything in the bottom. So it's easy for people to find. But thanks so much for the, the time this morning. Well, your afternoon. You're welcome. Well, yeah, I'm evening, you're morning. Yeah. Uh, but no, you're really welcome, uh, Gavin. And thanks for connecting. The universe connected us for a reason. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I believe souls are connecting for some reason. And um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Automator series as much as I enjoyed having it. And there are two things I want you to do now. I want you firstly to follow me on YouTube get that subscription in because you're going to see all the new episodes popping up in that case and you can stay on top of the series and the second thing is I want you to reach out to me if uh, anything we discussed on the episode today resonated with you in regards to potentially taking a jump into an online spiritual coaching business or you really have a business and you're wanting to grow that out and you're feeling like you could be impacting a lot more lives but you don't quite have the time right now you don't quite have the freedom you wanted and you don't quite have those systems in place, I want you to reach out to me. It's a no pressure, no strings attached. Send me a message on Facebook, LinkedIn, email, whatever you prefer. And we can just have a conversation and a bit of a back and forth in regards to where you're at, what you're looking for, and how I might be able to help you impact more lives with what you're doing.